0: From COK Studios in Nina Totenberg's Treehouse, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley.
1: And I'm Dinah Jones Mallow.
0: On today's show, we'll consider the 45th anniversary of the moon landing and the legacy of those intrepid astronauts.
1: We'll also consider how global warming is affecting the spread of infectious diseases in our Consider Your Health series.
0: And we'll consider who put the ram in the Ramalama Ding Dong. Stay with us.
2: Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from You Won't Be Sorry, a new high-end Indian clothing boutique for the discerning shopper, now carrying Gandhi for Men, Lady Gandhi, and Baby Gandhi. And Comcast, now allowing customers to cancel their cable and internet service in speedy 17-minute calls. Comcast, we've shaved off a whole minute.
0: This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley.
1: And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow.
0: 45 years ago, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong realized the dream of all mankind when they walked on the surface of the moon.
1: Few moments have been more pivotal in human history. The famous moonwalk was captured on a crude television camera and beamed back to people on Earth who looked on with wonder at the amazing accomplishment.
0: As part of our American History series, Consider Ourselves, Dinah took a look back at July twentieth, 1969 with some experts.
1: President John F. Kennedy made a declaration in 1960 that Americans would reach and walk on the moon by the end of that decade. In July of 1969, that dream was realized when two Americans stepped off the ladder of their landing craft and walked on the surface of the moon. Rex Puckett was working at NASA Mission Control for the Apollo 11 crew.
3: It was just so stressful. I mean, I didn't think we were going to pull it off. There were lots of hearts and throats that day.
1: Smithsonian Exhibits Coordinator Joyce Barrow recalls that day as a milestone for her and for America.
2: Everybody stopped what they were doing and watched. It's the kind of event that you remember exactly where you were when it happened. I get people telling me where they were every day when they come to the museum to see the lunar module.
1: Aldrin and Armstrong, the two men who made the lunar landing, are now American heroes. But it wasn't always that way.
3: Oh yeah. I knew Buzz and Neil real well. They were just the ones who got the credit. But lots of guys could have been there, too. They just got picked because they were the best actors.
1: The immortal words Armstrong uttered, One small step for man, one
2: giant leap for mankind, were
1: reportedly not overly planned by Armstrong.
2: Those words are so iconic, and they were so perfect for the moment. Just hearing them gives me chills, even now.
3: Neil totally ad-libbed that line. That dick was always going off book, though. I think it made it hard for the other guys because he was more of an improv performer.
1: Performer? Don't, Don't you mean astronaut?
3: Yeah, sure. Astronaut. Yeah, those boys were astronauts, and this tang I'm drinking doesn't have two fingers of vodka in it.
1: I'm sorry, Rex. I'm not sure I understand you.
3: The whole moon landing was a big hoax. We did it in a studio in Burbank. I was the best boy. I had to make sure the powder we used for the lunar surface had the right shimmer under the lights. Aldrin and Armstrong were just a couple of crappy B-movie actors, and the moon rocks they brought back were just some cement we painted.
1: I find that hard to believe.
3: They paid us a ton of money to keep quiet, but I'm tired of keeping secrets. It feels so good to finally get that off my chest.
2: I was so inspired by the space program that it made me want to be around it all the time. I love working here at the Smithsonian.
1: The lunar landing holds a special place in the American psyche. Whether or not it was done for real or on a Hollywood soundstage is irrelevant. It made the world believe that huge dreams could be realized no matter what, and that some people like to ruin a nice moment with lies. For Consider Ourselves, I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow.
0: Thanks for that report, Dinah. For more on the moon landing, consult Rex Puckett's blog, Moon Landing in Studio H. Now we turn to our Consider Your Health series with Alex Truman. Glad to have you back, Alex.
4: Nice to be here, Cotter.
0: So you're here to tell us about some ways global warming could be affecting the spread of infectious diseases.
4: That's right. As if the prospect of global warming wasn't frightening enough with rising seas and hotter summers that threaten my pale skin, now there is evidence showing viruses that were kept in check by the polar icebox are being released.
0: Now, what does that mean?
4: It means that as animals migrate because of global warming, they will bring a variety of parasites and pathogens with them. And while a good deal of them are not harmful to humans, they could eventually become harmful. I can't stress enough how much this disturbs me, Connor. It reminds me of when I first learned about mad cow disease as a five-year-old. I haven't been able to eat ground beef since that fateful day in 1984.
0: Really? So you never had a Happy Meal as a kid?
4: No, I'm sorry, but there is nothing happy about a disease that attacks the central nervous system and causes dementia, even if it comes with a toy.
0: Okay, so tell us more about this problem with global warming.
4: Well, a new report in the August issue of Scientific American says that diseases like seed distemper, which is a killer of seals in the North Atlantic, has now been found in adorable sea otters in the Aleutian Islands. Not only is this tragic from a scientific perspective, but also from a cuteness perspective. Otters are adorable, and now they are in danger because diseases are finding new ways to travel and infect new species.
0: Okay, that does sound bad.
4: Oh, that's not even the half of it. Busk oxen are becoming endangered because the increase in temperature in the northern hemisphere is allowing their lugworms to complete their life cycle in a single summer. I pity the busk oxen, Connor. I had a lungworm once and it was most unpleasant.
0: So what is the likelihood that some of these diseases and parasites could start affecting humans?
4: Hi. When animals get sick, we get sick. It's that simple. Since 1940, 60% of the new infectious diseases we've discovered in humans have come from animals. So stop sharing ice cream with your pets and letting them lick you on the face, hands, or clothing. It may look cute in a photo, but you don't want to contract something deadly. That's good advice. Yes. Yes, it is. Just be vigilant. That's all I ask. There are forces at work in the Arctic that could kill us all, Cotter. Or at the very least, give your pet otter a serious case of focied distemper.
0: Well, thanks so much for sharing this important information with us, Alex.
4: My pleasure. It's my job to panic about these things so our listeners don't have to.
0: That was Consider Your Health with Alex Truman. That's all for this episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, you can go to our website, considerourknowledge.com. Also, if you like what we do at Consider Our Knowledge, please let us know by sharing what we post on Facebook, liking what we post on Facebook, and retweeting us. We're going to take a week off for a little summer vacation, but we'll be back in two weeks with more of the NPR parody and news satire you've come to appreciate from Consider Our Knowledge. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley.
2: God damn it. Your gunkles are
4: raiding. <laughs> My gunkles. Okay. Yeah, they,
0: the gunkles will not be pleased. They will not be
1: pleased. Okay. <clears throat>